You're listening to The Couplehood Podcast, a podcast designed for parents who want to keep their romantic relationships thriving and build their most intentional life. I'm your host, Allison Villa, psychotherapist and relationship expert. Hello and welcome back to the Couplehood Podcast. I have a very special guest today and I'm extra excited because this is the very first guest to come on the podcast. And also this is a guest who I have spoken about before and who you have asked because you wanted to hear his point of view. My husband, Aryan, has agreed to be our first guest today. So hi, Aryan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling about sharing today. It's it's a new experience for me, but I'm I'm excited. It's yeah, it's I'm good. I'm good with it. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to name that because I am a little I have a little more ease around sharing and being open and you are a more private person and I have a lot of respect for that and I really do appreciate you putting yourself out there today and and sharing your perspective because I know that it really is going to have a positive impact on the people who are listening. So thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So we thought, Arian and I obviously chatted about what we were going to chat about, but we thought it'd be really helpful for you to hear his lens around what I talked about in episode one, which was from break down to break through. And this was really the crossroads of our marriage. And so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, head on back over to episode one, because then you'll hear my side of the experience. And now Aryan's going to speak to his experience while that was happening. So just to recap, so you understand a little bit is that at that point in our marriage, I had a moment, this was probably about six years into our, our marriage, right, honey? Yeah. Where we both reached these milestones that we all felt like, oh, these are the, these are the, the pieces that we've been working towards. We got married. We had two beautiful children, owned our own home that we had renovated. And it was the life that we were living was what we had envisioned. And then two other important pieces had come into place that year in particular. And that was that I had gotten my professional designation as a psychotherapist, which I had been working towards for six years, if not longer, a little longer than that, actually. And then also you, Aryan, had gotten a full-time job with benefits, which for us at that time was a humongous deal. It was something that we had been working towards, right? Correct. <laughs> Can you tell who who's the talker in the relationship, you guys? <laughs> Anyways, so what matters here is that we had reached these milestones and I, after crossing all of these huge things off of the list, for me, I felt like, okay, I'm supposed to feel a certain way now that I've done all of this stuff. And I actually felt hugely deflated and defeated because I wasn't feeling the happiness I thought I would feel when I crossed all of those things off of my list. And so it was an awakening more than anything, but it felt like a breakdown at the time because it, it was like, oh my gosh, all these things that I was, I thought I was supposed to do and I thought were supposed to bring me joy are not fulfilling me. And that was a really scary feeling. It felt like a breakdown. I can now see how it was more of an awakening. That's why I call it breakdown to breakthrough. But then bringing that to you, Ariane, I was really, I almost had this resolve around bringing it to you at the time because I did feel like, okay, if Aryan is happy with how our life is going right now, and I very much am not, I just had this resolve that 
I don't think that we will be able to stay together as a married couple. And I remember bringing that to you. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Can you tell us about what that felt on on the receiving end? Yeah, I remember when we started having these conversations and I was a little bit not shocked, but just I just almost didn't want to didn't want to hear hear that or have that conversation at the beginning because in my mind like you're you're describing we had everything in place after the birth of the the two children and we were finally getting into some consistency in our daily lives i had stability with my job as i was a freelancer before that working obviously as much as i could in in that but the goal for me was to to have a full-time job too so we'd have benefits which makes sense when we have kids and that was where we thought we should be for that time and yeah and after a couple of years of in my being in my job i was coasting along quite nicely i thought we were doing all okay and um i guess i never checked in with myself and i was just going through the daily routines which i'm quite good at and just putting my head down and, and working and and finding you know enjoyment in other things outside of, of my work too but yeah for the most part it was a bit of an awakening when you said are you okay with this and so i really had to check myself and and initially i was my response was yeah this is okay this is what we're supposed to be doing no and so that's probably where i was at the time and then i really had to look in, inwards and on the numerous discussions we were having around this i finally started to also be honest with myself in terms of how i was feeling because it'd been a couple years since my start of that full-time job and i wasn't feeling like i was moving anywhere within that as well like professionally speaking and then it's just the nine to five and it was starting to feel like a like a grind so that's where i had to sort of look at it from the bigger picture and and be honest with myself and recognize how I was feeling and not try to suppress that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. That moment where, you know, you felt first, I, you know, I bring this huge thing up and there's resistance, but we're doing all the things that we said we would do. And yeah, I think I'm happy. And of course, it's really common and it makes so much sense when someone comes to you, obviously your partner, me, coming to you with this huge life question of are you happy and not just meaning at a surface level like not just are you getting by but really deeply questioning are you happy are you happy with going to this full-time job every day because I remember even at that time you know I like in the early days when our kids were really little I would envy you for getting on your bike and being able to commute to work on your bike and having that time to have physical activity and autonomy away from people being attached to you. Like, and, and so it was an honest question, like really, are you happy? And I appreciate you saying that you had to check in with yourself. I think that's a really, it's a really important thing for all of us, right? Cause we all go into automatic pilot. Yeah. And so I love that you, that you were able to, to listen and to pause, even though what I was bringing was really uncomfortable. Obviously you were able to check in with yourself. Yeah. So when, we started talking about how I was feeling around all this and where I was. I had to really ask myself some a harder question, not not just initially feeling like how happy I was still happy because I did things for myself throughout the day, like riding my bike to work. I would go and have some alone time on the weekends with a friend on a, on a, on bike rides, or I, w- I was fairly consistent with self care around around that. So, but I knew after our initial discussions that I had to look a little bit harder in how you were feeling as well, I thought, well, maybe I should also take a harder look at where where I'm at and check myself. Because I think 
there was some avoidance around that because I, I am good at just keeping consistent and doing the daily grind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, we all have these strengths and sometimes yeah. our strengths are also our weakness. So for you, you are, you're really good at being consistent and continuing to keep going through all conditions when things are really hard or when things are a little bit more easy, you are always able to continue moving forward, which is a great quality. But in this case, I think I kind of put the brakes on that for you. Yeah, I know you did. You, I think you kind of like shed a spotlight on, on that. And obviously you're somebody who has that innate ability to bring that out in people because of your work too. You have that gift or ability to do that. For me, I'm, I guess I was somebody too who needed to have that brought out and, and that part of me brought out as well. But I, I see the value in that now and how much we've grown from that, that experience and what we've done in the last few years, where we are up at this point now, where, where that started three, four years ago and where we are now. So I, I, now I feel like it's more of a part of me, like that's a practice that I, I'm more aware of it. And it's still a growth, something that I need to work on um, every day, obviously. And we're always still growing in, in that regard. So thanks for saying that, honey. Yeah. And I think that's really important for for people to hear too, is that there will always be one person in the relationship, or even we take turns, like sometimes you bring something up and I and it forces me to pause and to reflect too. And in this case, at that moment in time that we're talking about, it was me who brought that to the forefront. And that's a really important thing because often people ask me, well, what if my partner doesn't want to come to couples therapy or join couples sandbox? But the reality is that it starts with you. It starts when one person really is able to be honest with themselves because that's what happened for me. I was being really honest with myself first. And then once I had this clarity of feeling all everything I was feeling and then making sense of it, I was able to bring that to you. And that's how we were able to, I think also it helped you, it gave you permission to really ask yourself, like you said, to really check in. And then from there, we were able to move forward as a couple. Correct. Yeah. It took me a little while. Like I took that and, and you know, went back to work and went about our, our, our daily lives again. But that sort of sparked a different type of thinking within me though, to uh, really look at look at myself. And that's not something I've always been able to do that easily. Always, if there's been a crisis in, in my life, I've always obviously done some deeper inner work. But if things are okay, then I generally feel I can go back to that coasting kind of, if I can use that term. I love that you've actually, you've used the word coasting and coping a couple of times. And I want to like tell everybody, we this was not pre-planned, you know, obviously no. before relationship seasons, even before I created them and named them, we all use these words like we're coping with this or we're just coasting mm-hmm. along. And I think it'll be worth us, you and I, Ariane, recording an episode about what coping and coasting has looked like along our relationship journey, journey too. Because truly at that time, we were coasting. We didn't have the urgency of having really, really young kids, but we had just come out of the coping season. I had just, I was just getting through postpartum depression. We were really stretched financially because we were living off your income while I was also in school. There was, which was so many expenses, which, which was school and also paying for supervision and all this stuff, right? So we had definitely, we had just come out of the coping season and were coasting at that time. All of this to say, that we clearly as a couple have gone through the seasons. And when we were in this coasting and then coping season, obviously I dropped this massive bomb on you. That is 
where the resilience comes in as a couple, because we have worked through some massive stuff when we go inwards and have to ask ourselves, honestly, okay, are we living by our values? What does success and happiness look like for us? Not Mm -hmm. the version of success we thought we were supposed to be living, but what is our version? That's a lot of deep work. And by going through that work together as a couple, I, I feel very confident about whatever comes our way, we're going to be able to face it, right? I I feel really resilient because we worked through something, not just that time, but like we've worked through many challenging things. It builds a lot of confidence and trust. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, when we had that talk, I, I kind of like took it with a grain of salt and I just, I listened to you and I, and I did, it didn't really sink in right away. And I just thought, oh, Allison just needed to have an ear to listen to. And this is maybe she's just having some ideas that she wants to talk about with me or, but it wasn't until it kept coming back and we, and I felt like, okay, this is a real problem. It's a real thing. I love that you're saying that because often somebody brings something up and as like on the receiving end, you're just like, oh yeah, my partner just needs space. They just need to listen. But to be clear, like I could not drop this. This was a conversation that we would keep having and in a loving way. It wasn't right. Yeah. And it happened over months and months. Like after that initial conversation, I think it was in the beginning of in early spring or whatever, or in late winter, we were talking, started having this conversation. And then it evolved over the course of the year where we talked about taking me taking a leave from my work and not quitting it because that would be that wouldn't be um, a, a good wise choice you know we well we weren't quite ready we weren't ready right to like jump in all together yes exactly yeah. so we, we there was something brewing and i was putting off having this conversation with my boss because i i know like working in the established field or wherever you you're working in as an employee they're not looking at like asking for a four month leave of your job and still expect to keep it. Like that's, that's not really unheard of unless it's like a medical reason or, or something like that. But this is, we just wanted to have a change in lifestyle. Right. So essentially I brought this conversation to Ariane. It, it was a lot of back and forth conversing for a couple of months and we decided, okay, what we're going to do is take a four month family sabbatical. And then that's what Ariane is talking about. Cause once we made the decision, he had to then go to his work, which was this like stable job with benefits. And it felt really really scary for you. And you kept avoiding the conversation, right? With your boss. Because I thought it would blow over. I I think I still was in denial around it. Oh my Um, gosh. Not not denial, but I just, I was avoidant around that Mm -hmm. because it was almost like things came up for me around it. I had, it was hard to, to break that. It was so ingrained that you don't quit a job or you, you know, I feel like I, I was owned by my work, by my job, probably. That's how it how I could probably describe it because because of all the pressures around the finances and the stability that the job brought. Mm-hmm. I mean, so-called stability, I guess. I mean, that's also, you could lose your job any day um, if you look at it, look at it now, but yeah. Exactly. And I think the conversations we were having were also about how much you, I, I forget how old the kids were at that time, maybe three and five and how you were having these realizations that, wow, I, I really miss seeing the girls. You know, I'm only seeing them at bedtime and that was when you'd walk in the door at the end of the day and it's not the best time of day. You know, I'm, I'm exhausted by that point. The girls are also exhausted. And so we were all missing out on experiencing each other at the best times of day in this prime time of our life. Right. 
Yeah. And so that was also coming against the belief system that, but I'm supposed to be working during the prime hours of the day, during these prime hours of my life. This is, that was part of your belief system. And we were, we were really questioning that and, and even saying, we want to take four whole months where we're not going to do that and where we're just going to have this amazing quality time as a family, which sounds amazing, but it's really scary because it has you questioning the whole foundation of your belief system. And it makes yeah. sense to me, you know, why you were wanting to put off that conversation with your boss. So how did that conversation go? I think I kind of tiptoed on it a little bit. And I, I didn't come right out and say it at the beginning, but I, I just put in some feelers around it. And my boss was fairly understanding around what I initially had proposed to him. And yeah, I, I think the conversation ended up ending whereas I, I actually wasn't going to be guaranteed my job actually that there was a they would try and do everything they could mm -hmm. to to hold my position but I think four months is a long time from a business for an point employer. of view yeah. for an employer to anything could happen in that time so they just had to cover themselves because I understood that and in the, in the back of my mind I think I was telling myself that I still had the job when I when we were coming back that I would still have a job and that just kind of helped me move forward with our plans like with our what we were what we were doing even though maybe I was deceiving myself a little bit but as we found out later, you know. Well, this is a really important part of the story. Can we go to that next next part and what happens next? So basically the timeline is, may I drop this massive bomb on Aryan and I'm like, oh, I'm not happy with our lifestyle. What are we going to do about it? We have months and months of conversation back and forth. We decide, okay, we're going to take a four-month family sabbatical. And so we left. It was like eight months later after the that first conversation. We took a family sabbatical. We arrived in Mexico December and then we were there until I think the end of March or beginning of April. And what happened in the middle of March? Oh, yeah. We so, were in Mexico. Yeah. So I think it was three months in. Yeah. So we're living our best life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say, but not without challenges, obviously. Yeah. But we're like, we're having a beautiful time, literally barefoot, walking to the beach every day, eating the most amazing fresh food, having this quality time together, having challenges as well with two small children yeah. living in a small apartment with a one burner element to cook our, all of our meals on. But yeah. it was, it was an adventure. It was fun. And this was our vision and it was, it had come to life. So we're like in a good groove in Mexico. And then Aryan gets an email in the middle of March. So what happens then? So the fear I, I had coming into this whole thing actually came true. And it wasn't, it was still a shock. Um, what came true? What came true? Oh, the, the email, from, <laughs> email from my boss to let me down easily and say that they, it was a business decision and they needed to replace me um, while I was away. So... So Arjun yeah. was let go. We're in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. And he's let go. And what happened for you and what happened for us when we got that email? Well, yeah, initially I was shocked and um, worried at all the same time, just like anybody would if they were let, let go of a job from a job. Can I also add that if I'm being honest, I also found comfort in you knowing that you had a yeah. secure job to come back to. It yeah. was also something that kept me feeling, okay, everything's going to be okay. We're going to have this time. And Arian is still going back to this awesome job. That also gave me a lot of comfort. And then when we got that email, even me, I had this moment of panic of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I mean, I was seeing clients remotely as a psychotherapist at that time, but not too many because the internet at this location where I was, was not the best. So it was, yeah, it was initially a huge shock, but then we moved from shock and fear to almost relief 
and hopefulness. Do you want to say more about that? Yeah, exactly. We were, we, the, the feeling shifted to possibilities, you know, what other things we could, we could do. And we had been talking about, we had some conversations around that already before I even got the notice about my job. And, you know, we were back and forth about, and that was holding us back in a sense from possibly entertaining these, these other goals or possibilities that we, we could. Yeah, we were having such an amazing experience in Mexico that we were really thinking and the kids were at a really small little, it's not even not even a school. But anyways, it was this amazing program learning program, agile learning center, and they were starting to pick up the language as well, which was so incredible. And we were getting excited about Oh, my gosh, we should come for we should stay or we should come back for longer. And your job was almost this roadblock for us, right? We were yeah. dreaming really big, but yeah. then the job, which was supposed to feel like security and comfort, it was actually this roadblock for getting in the way of us dreaming big. And so yeah. I do remember, I remember exactly where we were when when you got that email, um, sitting on the bed, and then we went very quickly. And I really, it was between 10 and 15 minutes of like panic to then feeling like, oh, well, now we can, now we have nothing tying us yeah. to, to being in Toronto. And now what, what are the possibilities? And it felt really, really exciting. And I mean, if you know our story, you know that we ended up going back home to Toronto only for four months, or maybe it was three months. And then that was when, because at that moment we, we were, we decided, okay, we're going to come back. We're going to live here for an entire year. Our kids are going to go to school here. It's going to be an amazing experience. We're going to take all of our business fully online. And it was like, oh my gosh, we can dream big now without any boundaries being imposed by everybody else. And that was, a, it was hugely exciting. So we went from like fear and anxiety to a feeling of relief and hopefulness and excitement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that for me, that still had, that still came with some unknowns though. And I wasn't sure if, remember, I remember we were talking about coming back even prior to our Mila being let go. And I, and I remember, remember saying to you, no, I don't want to come back here. And, but then there'd be times where I think, where I would think the opposite. It was such a up and down situation. Mm-hmm. Being away from the life we had in Toronto and everything's familiar, the language mm-hmm. was also a, a big struggle for us because mm-hmm. we were connecting with people, but I don't think those connections were as strong as they could have been if we had spoken the language better, you know? People were great. Like, they were so lovely and understanding, and there were plenty of English-speaking people there, too. But to connect with the locals, and it was was a real challenge, and... So yeah, so it was, it felt much easier just to go back home, you know, after four months. It that did was... feel easier, but isn't that such the, the lesson, right? We are drawn to comfort and ease. Oh my gosh, I felt so much discomfort and exhaustion around not being able to communicate. I love to communicate, obviously. And for me, not being able to communicate with ease in Spanish, it, it was exhausting for me and also really vulnerable because my words feel like my, my power, my, my ability to communicate feels, makes me feel safe in the world. And then that was kind of taken away. And so it was, it was extra uncomfortable, but we could just see our kids. Like they were so happy and it was just, we were unlearning so many things and only beginning to unlearn things within those first four months that it felt like we needed to continue that personal development journey that we were on. Yeah. Yeah. And then me losing the job gave us the the ticket to do that because then it made it easier I think I, I had less resistance around coming back then. Mm-hmm. And then I, I could see the possibility of us doing that. So that, that did, that, that was a roadblock. So having that job taken away from me was also a gift. 
Um, yes. Thank you for yeah. saying that. So we're going to wrap it up a little bit here because we could go on and on. But I think what matters here is that when one person in the relationship does the inner work of being honest, when you're honest with yourself first, it really helps you to be more authentic in your relationship as well. And to have these conversations that might feel scary and might feel uncomfortable, they can lead you to so much growth and can help you to live your most intentional life outside of the parameters and the belief systems that you've internalized, right? And sometimes those belief systems really work for you. And that is that is okay, but it's really important for each of us to do that questioning to really to pause, like you said, Ariane, and just check in and, okay, are these the things that I want? And to really ask yourself that it takes a lot of courage to do that. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you were able to listen to me and hear me and, and to do that work for yourself. No, I, 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 I'm thankful that you, you're somebody who challenges me that way too, because I could coast along generally speaking for forever obviously things will come up where i have to ask questions but i don't ask those questions that readily so i'm thankful for having a partner who does that and i am so thankful for your consistency right we, in every relationship we all have strengths and we each bring something important to the family and to the relationship as you're hearing here in our conversation so as always i'd like to leave you with action items and these action items are the same action items that I gave you in episode one, because we're talking about how you go from a breakdown to a breakthrough. And number one is let yourself feel your feelings, right? As you heard, Arine and I, like we both had a lot of uncomfortable feelings, but we had to be honest with ourselves. And we can often suppress the feelings that are uncomfortable because we don't want to really look at them. And so this is why number one is really let yourself feel them and be curious about them. It's so, so important. Do you want to add anything to that, honey? Yeah, no, like, like I said, that for me has been a, a learning experience and it's still to this day, even now, uh, there's so much growth that that's happening, especially in these, these strange times during the pandemic and for everybody. So it's really mm -hmm. important to address those, those feelings or recognize those things that those feelings that you're having. And so it's, it's actually a gift, I think, to have, the, have that challenged as well. Mm -hmm. And then you can come out a better person for yourself and for others. So well said. Okay. <laughs> and the world. All right. Action item number two is find a way to express your feelings, right? Unpack them, try to make sense of them, talk it through with someone who you, you trust, like a friend or therapist or journal or write or move your body or listen to music, right? Before we can bring it to our partner or anybody else, we need to figure it out within ourselves first. I think that's a really important thing. Yes. Correct. Yes. Sorry, I don't have anything else to add on that, but you, <laughs> okay. you, you said it. All right. Uh, and then action item number three is share your feelings with your partner. It can be scary. You don't know where the conversation is going to go. But if you are going to live your most authentic and beautiful one life, you need to be honest with yourself and with your partner. Exactly. Yeah, that's a challenge. And it's it's every day. Those challenges can come up every day. Every single day. And it's also this reminder that that is the ultimate gift to your kids. You being honest with yourself about who you are and what joy and happiness and success looks like for you. And then for your partner to do that too. And sometimes that conversation for us was a crossroads. It felt like, okay, we might continue on this journey together or we might not. But even if we hadn't, it felt 
like we're going to be okay because, and our kids are going to be okay because we each need to be our full true selves. That's what makes our children feel safe in the world, right? Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Ariane, thank you so much for sharing today. I'm, I'm really so grateful. I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. Well, thanks for having me. I love you, babe. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Couplehood Podcast. It says so much about you that you're carving out this time for yourself and for your relationship. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. Head over to allisonvilla.com to learn more. A special shout out to my podcast editor, Emily Millane from theultimatecreative.com. You are a rock star. All right, you guys. Until next time, I'm Allison Villa wishing you love on your couplehood journey.